0: to this empty dream bullshit hello and welcome to lost in sci-fi and fantasy i'm your host leo and today we are talking about strangers of paradise final fantasy origin i'm going to almost certainly mess that up at least a billion times in this episode, but that—that that is the title. So, some background. I—I I, I have already recorded this episode once, but I—I I forgot that I intended to make an episode on Dungeons and Dragons when that came out. So, whoops! I—I I accidentally chose the wrong thing. So, the reason that this was a bit of an issue is because I assumed that this was going to be the first episode post-challenge announcement and whatnot, so would thus have the first update, which didn't require me to kind of hold off on posting the episode or anything, because it was an update that literally is just me giving you my strategies and whatnot before I even begin the challenge, because the challenge starts on that day. But then, at the very end of the episode, I realized wait a second, I intend to do Dungeons and Dragons. And that comes out on the 31st, which means that the episode, that will be the first episode to, to have an update on it. And then there was also this issue with my my audio levels and everything. It, it just, it was a nightmare of an episode record. So I came to the conclusion, scrap it and re-record it later. Whoopsie. So at the end of this episode will be the first official like update on the challenge, like where I'll actually talk about my experience reading it and trying to go through this nightmare of a challenge that I have bestowed upon myself. I do not know how it's going to be, because the challenge update will be recorded separately from uh, the main part of this episode, but it will be on the end, so... Uh, stay, stay tuned after the review to hear an update on the challenge. Anywho, moving on. My experience with Strangers of Paradise is thus. I pre-ordered the game. Uh, I played the demo. I was super excited for it. I followed the material and whatnot. And it looked fun and really, really dumb. So I was super excited and whatnot. And then I started playing it and that excitement kind of started to, to wane a bit. Then I... <laughs> I I was like okay. Yeah. Then we did started doing RPG Hangout, and I was like okay, I'll do an episode on it. It'll it'll be grand, that, you know. It's an excuse and whatnot to to make an episode on it. I played some of it there. I didn't play a whole lot of it. I had only gotten up to like the second third level or something. I the game at the time exhausted me because there was a lot of issues with it. That some of them have kind of been updated out, but others are still technically there. I enjoyed it, and I believe I gave it a fairly positive review at the time. But recently, I got a bug up my butt, and I just played through the entire game. And it was fun. But there are some caveats I do need to add to that. Like, it's, it's I played through the entire game with, like, an, an asterisk at the top there. So I, I, I did play through the entire game from beginning to end. Though I played it on the easiest difficulty you can. Whether or not that that skews your view of how I can judge this game i don't care uh, i I like difficulty modes in games personally because they can it can make things easier, especially if you just want to experience the story. Dark Souls is a different thing because most of the story in quotes isn't really there. You have to look at items and whatnot if you really care about the lore of the world, otherwise, who cares? Just go through and kill that thing you see that thing, kill it so it it works for that, but for narrative games. If it's a deep narrative game, I feel that you should give the players the choice. If it's not, who cares? But if it's deep in narrative, then it kind of needs it. So, like, your Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order has difficulty settings. If you want to experience just the story, go ahead and experience the story. Strangers of Paradise has it. It's just a nice thing for these Souls-likes that actually have plot to, to let you to, to let you change the difficulty. That is where um, that second asterisk that uh, oh guess what it's there it comes in. I didn't play the DLC, or at least I haven't played through the DLC. I got into the Bahamut DLC, but the DLC requires you to play on Bahamut difficulty with modifiers that make the game much, much, much harder. So you know you could you could play it on Chaos difficulty for no real reason. You have to for one specific. Uh, fight, but you're immortal during that fight, so it's fine. But you you have to play it on Bahamut difficulty, which I don't know the difference between Chaos and Bahamut, except for that Bahamut unlocks more levels. And as you play through, it's the only thing that lets you play through story is Bahamut difficulty. But you're pretty much just replaying old levels for the Bahamut DLC to get more bits of story. And I just... I'm not a fan of that, that, one, you're forced to replay through levels that you've already played through, now on a harder difficulty, for no real reason, except for Bahamut says to, and you're only doing it to grind out story cutscenes for the DLC, and I, as well as, I guess, better equipment, but still, I can't be fucked, fuck that, no, I'm, no, I'm done, <laughs> so I, I tapped out, and I was like, this is annoying. I might come back to it down the line and try to get through the DLC, but at this point, I don't care. Because technically, if you if you squint hard enough, the end of the main game is a good enough ending. Because, it's time to go through the plot. You play as Jack Garland, who, funnily enough, you can like reskin as the other party members for no real reason. Except for if you want to play as that character, being the main character. All the experience and whatnot goes to Jack, but, I mean, they look like Jed or Ash or Neon or Sophie. So, you know, what fun. But you are four, well, at the time, three strangers who have just appeared, and the only goal that you know of is you must defeat Chaos. You go to the kingdom. They say, hey, there's this guy at the Chaos Shrine. Could you go deal with him? You go to the Chaos Shrine... You defeat the guy because he's not really named at this point. You just assume he's Chaos because it's the Chaos Shrine. You defeat them and out pops a girl in a sailor suit named Neon. Turns out that she was part of a different party who went to fight Chaos and ended up succumbing to said Chaos and became the Chaos of this shrine. You know, reasons. She joins your party, and you go on along your merry way, get a pirate ship, go to the Elf Kingdom, and then that's where the similarities, for the most part, kind of end between it and the original Final Fantasy. I assumed that it was going to be a fairly faithful, with extra edge version of the original game. I was wrong. It has extra edge, yes, but it's using the original plot of the game, and recontextualizing and rearranging it, to make what turns out to be a prequel. And you know for the most part I think that that's actually a really fun idea. Uh, you don't really find out that it's technically a prequel. I mean, you pretty much you pick up on it pretty fast after like the third or fourth level. Because things just start going completely different to the way it goes in the original game. So you're like uh, okay because at first the way the, the first three levels go you go... I mean if I squint I could kind of see it being kind of related to the original but then it just starts going way off you start going on a completely different path from that point on so it gets a little bit annoying if you're expecting it to be the original plot from there but once you accept that it's pretty much a prequel you you become happier but the plot still doesn't make a whole lot of sense most of the time because it turns out uh, as you're going along that your party has actually been conspiring against you. Now, this is kind of a long time coming kind of thing as you go through. Because as you go through, you as well as your party members are slowly regaining their memories. You know, because you're going through restoring the uh, light to the crystals. But it turns out that restoring the light to the crystals is a bad thing for some reason. Like the oceans, when you restore the water crystal, go bananas. The wind starts just going bananas. It becomes a bit too hot, I guess, when you restore the fire crystal. It, it It's weird. Um, and that, that's where it still kind of retains a little bit of the original game, when you're going and restoring the light to the crystals and defeating the fiends. But then it, it dissolves again and just is gone for most of the game. It's kind of funny. You start regaining your memories, and it keeps replaying this scene over and over and over again. Each time, giving you a bit more context, as well as going a little bit further in, it turns out that Jack and Co., save for, I believe, Neon, and I guess Sophie, you've been stuck in a time loop. You are part of a different race of people called the um, Litheans, who have been meddling with this world, kind of just dumping their darkness in, and sending people who they wipe their memories, for some reason, in to reset the balance, essentially, and a lot of the time reset the world if things don't go quite so right. You have for the longest time wanted to break this cycle. So you have you conspire with Astos to help try to guide you, but you keep forgetting and over multiple cycles, Astos just kind of gets fed up. But with the assistance of your party members, Astos is able to accomplish his goal by kind of forcing you to remember things that you didn't really want to by kind of making you think about what you're doing more than you want to, which I, again, I think is kind of fun, but supposedly fairly early on in the plot of the game, they decide to turn Jack into chaos. You know how he is in the original game. The way they decide to do that is by, well, forcing him to remember that it's kind of what he wanted. Uh, And then also uh, force him to experience massive tragedy, it would seem, through multiple things. Because they they aren't the ones necessarily orchestrating it, they're just kind of going along for the ride, letting things happen, I guess you could say. As the game goes on, you fight all these... I, I like the boss designs, and again, it's really fun to see a lot of original Final Fantasy monsters in a different kind of context. It's fun. But you go along and after you've restored the crystals, things have just gotten bad. You go back to Cornelia to try to see what's going on. The town's against you and everything. And then the town gets attacked by darkness. And you have to fight your way to the castle where you find that the royal family save for the two princesses, have died. You go in, grab the princesses, try to Lead them and the survivors of the town out in an evacuation, and then for some reason, Jack. Once they get to the end, Jack's like, "Okay, I'm gonna step out for a minute," while you guys are like, "Ah, yay!" and whatnot. And he's like, "Okay, I think you know, going to Provoka would be nice because there's like no one there. They could probably be fairly safe there." And then they go back in, and everyone is dead. (laughs) You fight off some monsters. And then your party confronts you. Your party says, you must break the cycle, you must become chaos, etc, etc. They fight you. You are then forced, after seeing the person you vaguely, kind of, sort of loved, killed, you then have to kill your friends. All of them. One by one. Well, technically all at once, but also you kind of go through and systematically kill each one in turn. And there is a fun thing about that fight that I'll get into a little bit later. You kill them and then you remember that the like return point is the sh- Chaos Shrine. That's how you you're supposed to go back to like reset the crystal and everything. So you go back to the Chaos Shrine. You force your way through, you go in and then you fight the final boss, the manifestation of darkness, which has a really cool design as it's kind of the design of the final boss from the original Final Fantasy game, but it also has the heads of your party members like in its collarbone. It's it's a, a really cool and dark creepy design. And it's like it's Jack is fighting against the lefans who are trying to like control the chaos contamination that because he, he's been contaminated with chaos. But then he, like, summons the Manifestation of Darkness to gain its power by killing it. And he kills it and gains its power. Then he p- cuts off the Fans from Cornelia, which I guess in this game is the name of the planet for some reason. I don't think it's the name of the planet in the game, but eh, in uh, Final Fantasy 1. But we'll, we'll brush that aside. They, they, they refer to the planet as Cornelia for most of the game for some reason. Anyway, you take the, you, you cut them off, and then you house yourself in the Chaos Shrine. And from here, you then decide that it would be best that it is no longer strangers. He straight up tells the Lefans, don't send any more strangers, it's pointless. And he decides that he is going to try and create the real Heroes of Light himself no matter how long it takes, no matter how many cycles, etc. it takes, he will create the Heroes of Light himself. And then the game ends, the main game ends, with the doors of the Chaos Shrine opening and the Heroes of Light walking in. You know, the traditional designs that you might recognize from uh, some, like, fighting games, uh, I think the, what is it called, the Ultima fighting or whatever, the... the weird Final Fantasy fighting games that exist for some reason. You can see it's kind of that design of the Heroes of Light. Except uh, then when you go into the Bahamut DLC, it turns out that only one of them is actually one of the Heroes of Light. And even then, they're not strong enough yet. And you're able to beat them. Mostly because you're immortal and they can't kill you (laughs) in this fight. But it is a really interesting fight and whatnot. But then you're given... This this is DLC territory, by the way. You're given... The power, you're given a vision of Bahamut Awakening and decide that Bahamut will be able to give you the power to kind of help nudge along the Warriors of Light into becoming faster. So that that's what you set out to do, is follow Bahamut's trials, get the power, create the Warriors of Light. And I don't know if that works or not. Then the second DLC is... Um, the Way of the Wanderer, I believe, in which I believe the character's name is Ganji, comes out of nowhere. You fight him and something happens. More warriors, the light stuff. And then the final DLC, which is um, Different Future, you fight the Lefeans and the the Omega Weapon, the for original uh, super boss from the original Final Fantasy game, is introduced, which I think is really cool, and gives like a cute ex- explanation as to why um, it's there, because it, this is all from trailers, by the way, again, I didn't, I have not played the DLC, I want to, but the way you do it is bullshit, and we'll expl- talk about that later, <laughs> but anyway, that is, that is kind of the overall plot of the game, it is a bit silly and whatnot, but I think overall it works, the game pulls at my emotional strings because I'm a sucker for emotional moments Uh, it abuses that to hell especially in the uh, credits after the game after you finish the main game and you're going through the credits and it plays motherfucking My Way by Frank Sinatra and I it hits me every time I'll be honest. It is probably one of my favorite songs especially when put into contexts like this game where someone takes their fate into their own hands, and they do it their way. It just hits me. It, every time. It's emotional abuse, damn it, when you use that song in a good context like this. Anywho. (laughs) So, with that out of the way, what do I think of the overall story? I think it's fine. I mean, locking a lot of it behind difficult, well, Forced difficulty spikes kind of sucks, but it's overall fine, especially the main story. It's fun. The dungeons start to feel a little little bit samey, gameplay-wise, as you go through, because most of them follow a similar pattern. Three to four checkpoints, and then a boss. And that, that's about it. The layouts, of course, change, but a lot of them are just wide-open corridors, That you have to navigate through with a potential gimmick, like there's the third or fourth level is one where you have to like change the weather to get through, but you're able to blaze through it fairly easily, especially on the easier difficulties. Because, and if you decide to start ignoring enemies, because leveling up becomes relatively pointless because the XP you don't get to see like your character's level, uh, per se, because you, the thing you're leveling up most of the time is the job level. The job levels only go up to about level thirty each, except I believe there's like master levels that get unlocked during the d l c but the thing the point is you're always unless you're constantly grinding the side quests, you're always going to be under leveled for some reason. The game just forces you to always be under leveled, especially on like higher difficulties. It becomes a nightmare. That's why I lowered the difficulty. The game also heavily incentivizes using... Just constantly changing your equipment. You don't have to, but especially on higher difficulties, heavily incentivizes you to do that. They're constantly throwing slightly better things at you every ten steps you take. It sucks. And a lot of times, it's not for shit that you're using. It's always annoying. Besides that, the combat's pretty fun... Uh, you know mixing magic and whatnot when you unlock one of the dlc um classes which once the dlc is out you are able to just equip at any time in the story once you've unlocked it and one of them is the marksman class and the gun weapon which can be applied to other um classes and it becomes a third person shooter at that point and that's funny actually uh you're able to Although it's annoying how you switch into actually being able to use the gun. You have to hold down R1 until it puts you into your kind of, like, first-slash-third-person uh, shooting, like, aiming. And then you're able to just shoot away. But if you try to dodge or get bumped at any point, you're knocked out of it, and it's it gets annoying. It gets kind of annoying. But, anyway, <laughs> a lot of the classes are fun, but there's too many of them. Uh, you're kind of expected to level them all up. They, they just aren't that different. Like the the variety is interesting, but it, you're pretty much going between magic, short sword, and long sword, or fists, and sometimes ranged, depending on if you're able to get any good ranged shit. And then you also have an inventory cap that doesn't really come into play except for like maybe every three to five. Uh, levels that you play in which you'll just your inventory will fill up with the countless fucking bits of garbage that you've been hoovering up this entire time and you have to either dismantle a ton of it to get like parts for upgrading or you have to remember that uh, you have an expanded inventory inside the main menu and you have to just dump it all into your expanded storage. It's... It's annoying because it's, it's not something that comes up very often. Like I said, every like three to five levels is when it becomes an issue if you're not you know maintaining, dismantling it. It's something that you don't have to think about for most of the time, but then for some reason it becomes a thing. You know, I, I get that they don't want you taking, I think the cap is like 5,000 pieces of armor into a level. But at the same time, you, it's, it's a mechanic that doesn't come up very often. It's annoying. Anyhow, pulling myself out of that little rant. Uh, the, the combat, again, is fairly smooth. The story is pretty nice, flowy um, at times. It, it, although it also hits a lot of just confusing bits, of especially at the end when you've killed your friends, but they supposedly then pulled you back through the connection and the darkness all the way back to 2,000 years before, and they have... They are now the fiends that you have defeated throughout the course of the main game. And now you are Chaos. They are the fiends. And you're just trying to build the Warriors of Light, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's pretty good. Oh, the neat thing about the fight in which you're fighting your party is as you're fighting them... They are fully equipped with the job that you've given them, the equipment you've given them, and everything. So if you've been neglecting, say, two members of your party, they'll be a bit easier to fight because they're massively under-leveled. While the members of the party that you might have been favoring the entire time will be quite strong. Though overall, still not too bad to fight. Especially when it's funny that you could technically just neglect them completely. <laughs> Kind of. I mean, you have to have two party members with you, but at the same time, you could not give them any good gear. It'll make the game a lot harder, but you could just give them not no no good gear, and they'll be a bit shit for it. <laughs> you could re-equip them before the level with the bog-standard garbage equipment, and they will deal with it. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's, that's a cute detail. Some other things. You get... It, it's a weird time travel thing because you don't know how many times the world itself has been reset. Because um, it, it's implying that the world hasn't been reset, but it has, at the very least, most of the time, their memories get wiped before they're brought back. It's it's very confusing as to like what's happening a lot of the time. But I mean, if you love a dumb plot that just goes ham bananas all the all the goddamn time then I think you will probably enjoy this game. It's a fun game that you can choose how much you want to invest in the difficulty of it. Personally, I chose not to invest in the difficulty of it, but you could go hard, and then you could replay the game even harder, and then you could replay the game even harder, because it just keeps unlocking more and more bullshit difficulties. And if if you want to go for a massive challenge run, when you get to the Bahamut DLC, you can put make the game pretty much unplayable. <laughs> because you you can make it to where every time you get attacked, you have a status effect put on you. Every time you're attacked, your health is permanently drained by a certain amount. Every time you're attacked, your break gauge is permanently um, shrunk a certain amount. To the point where you can cunt, get fucking stunlocked by an enemy... So, you know, to each their own. I chose no. I'm good. I'm I'm I'll leave it for now. I did, however, on one Bahamut difficulty thing, I went through the Chaos Shrine the first time you go through it. I went through the Chaos Shrine and I made it to the final boss and everything. I just started ignoring enemies at a certain point. And and, and I made it to the final boss. I just didn't fight the boss well enough. <laughs> I got close a couple of times, but I just was like, because you have to get a certain number of like dragon treasures before you can talk to Bahamut again, and you have to get certain levels and whatnot, and you can only get that by playing through a level on Bahamut difficulty, one, and two, uh, you can speed it up a little bit with the um, modifiers. In fact, you kind of need to have the modifiers to get the amount you need in a timely manner and I don't want to be running through Chaos Shrine ten times just to get the stuff I need. I I just wish that they had made maybe a couple of more levels or something instead of just... Reuse... Let's reuse them. And I'm worried that the other two DLC do the same thing, except for I know that the the future, the different future DLC, has some different things. So that's a slight relief. A slight relief, but not a major relief. But is it the best game I've played... Uh, no. Is it the worst? No. Um, would I recommend it? Yeah. Especially the main part of the game, and especially since it uh, recently, or soon, is coming to PC. So definitely give it a try. It's it's a fun game. If you want something super difficult, then you can make it super difficult. If you want something that just to run through a really dumb story, you can run through a really dumb story. I like that. It's a fun game that gives you some freedom of choice. As for uh, me, again, I I, I won't pick it up for a while now. I have other Final Fantasy things to play. In fact, I'm currently playing one that I might do an episode on a ways away. I'm working a bit on Crisis Core. I'm also working on something else. I can't remember. My my brain's a bit fuzzy today. (laughs) Anywho, I think I'm going to leave it there. So with that done, we will go ahead and move on to the update for this week. On to the update. So before we get into the update for this episode, uh, I do have a bit of an addendum. So I recorded the first part of this review uh, separately, and instead of re-recording the episode for the third time, I decided, you know what, I'll I'll just tack it on uh, before the update. So the addendum is, so I, I finished... The first Final Fantasy. Technic- so I I got the pixel remasters. Of the first six games. And I recently finished. Playing Final Fantasy 1. You know what. Strangers of Paradise is a prequel to. Technically. And I actually noticed. A lot of neat details. So firstly. The Lufayans. Which I don't know if I actually said their name in the episode. Who are in the. Strangers of Paradise, the people who sent you, the strangers, to Cornelia to, you know, try to clear out the darkness and the chaos and whatnot. You, they, they are in the original Final Fantasy. They are an ancient species of people who had an ancient civilization who were able to create flying things, such as your airship that you end up using throughout the game. They, they were there. In fact, you can actually find a small village of lufayans in the original final fantasy game which i found amazing uh you have to learn their language and everything to be able to talk to them but yeah uh two they mention five heroes five adventurers which is kind of a a big big thing in fact i believe it's the lufayans who are the ones that mention there being five people two thousand years ago okay yeah so (laughs) that's actually a big thing Because Garland, in Final Fantasy Origin, is pulled back 2,000 years by his party, the Fiends, to, you know, kind of plan and try to enable the creation of the Warriors of Light. In the original Final Fantasy, Garland, after the Warriors of Light defeat him, is pulled back 2,000 years, and then he sends the Fiends forward, creating a time loop in which you know, the fiends are sent forward, Garland is attacked and pulled back by the... You know, it, it's, a, it's a fun cycle and whatnot. It was it's something that blew my mind. I found it really interesting that technically Final Fantasy uh, Origin or Strangers of Paradise actually draws a lot on the original Final Fantasy game, at least more than I thought. Uh, also, I said, I believe, in the main review, it could have been in a previous recording, it doesn't matter, it's still kind of my opinion that it's a bit weird that there was the Flying Fortress, that the the wind one was in a Flying Fortress. It actually is in the original game. It's in the Flying Fortress, and Tiamat is the uh, boss there. So all the bosses are in the right corresponding places. The crystals are in the right corresponding places, except for maybe like a a few tweaks here or there, kind of. But the, the biggest issue is that the order and kind of how you get to some of them are different so like the, the I think it's the Mirage Tower in which you use to get up to the Flying Fortress is in the wrong place in Final Fantasy Origin. But that that's kind of nitpicking at that point. The fact that all of these things were correct is kind of amazing. They took more of the, the text version of the description of the Flying Fortress than necessarily what you actually experience in the game in the original Final Fantasy. So in the text of Final Fantasy 1 they are describing the fortress as a, so far above the clouds that it's among the stars you know which in Final Fantasy Origin or Strangers of Paradise it it's in space it's like a space station but in the original Final Fantasy game it's more it's more just in the sky really but technically yes it in the game it's described as being in space and a lot of the effects of it Are it being in space. There's also a lot more robots than I was expecting to be in the original Final Fantasy. In Final Fantasy Origin, Strangers of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin, you fight the robots, but in the game, they're most... In the original Final Fantasy, they're, they're kind of friendly. They're just chill, for the most part. But I think that's pretty good. That's kind of all I really wanted to talk about, was that, surprisingly... Like, a lot more than I was expecting. Final Fantasy Origin, or Strangers of of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin, draws a lot more on the original game than I originally expected. It was a very big surprise as I was spending literal hours trying to get the warm mech to fight me. I also, actually, real quick, do have to say that I, I was a bit wrong, kind of. So, the Omega weapon that you fight in the different future isn't the same as the War Mech in the original Final Fantasy. So, supposedly, the equivalent of the War Mech in the original Final Fantasy is what's called the Death Machine in uh, the Way of the Wanderer DLC, so the second DLC. Again, I I didn't play the DLC, and I probably never will. <laughs> Who knows, maybe I'll do a stream of me just trying to struggle... Sadly, through the DLC, we'll f- we'll see. Who knows? I won't do the story, but I'll struggle through the DLC on stream. Who knows? It's a future idea. For now, I have to try to play the Ma play Mafia on stream. I'm still struggling with that at the moment. Hopefully, by the time this episode comes out, I'll have at least done one stream of Mafia without the stupid stream crashing, without. <laughs> Without issues, please. Without issues. But anywho, with that said and done, let's go ahead and ease you into the update for the week. Alright, so it is now update time. Uh, for you guys, it'll sound just about um, like nothing. I should probably find some way to put like some kind of tune in between. I don't know. We'll see as this uh, develops. <laughs> but yeah, so I am now a full week in. I have finished the first book, and I have begun the second book. I'm only a few chapters into the second book, as I've been slacking a little bit uh, compared to what I wanted to do. My intentions for what I was doing, my my plan, as stated last week, was I was going to re-read the first and the second book in the first week. But uh, my, my plan... My, my initial plan was that, you know, Mondays seem to be a relatively free day as it's the day the episode goes up, so I can have that just be my my uh, main push day on books. Uh, but the first Monday came and went, with me only having read maybe a couple of chapters in in the first book. So I ended up having to push through on Tuesday and Wednesday, finally finishing the book Thursday afternoon. And that's when I posted the short was when I finished the book. Like, right then, well, almost right then, I I set up the little shot that I did, holding the book in one hand and then panning over to to the other one. But other than that, it, it was pretty much like within 10 or so minutes of the post going live was when I had finished the book. And then the same day, I did, I believe, read the first chapter of the second book, but From then on, it kind of became a little bit slow. Fridays and Saturdays kind of are a bit of a no-go zone, as those are, I guess you can consider them my days of rest. But I do still intend to try to make some progress, and I was able to make a tiny bit of progress during those days, but not much. And then today, I also read a little bit. I will also say that a a, a bit of a distraction kind of came up with the finale of a show, That I wanted to watch. So there was that. Oh, and Star Wars Celebration has been going on this weekend. So that's been something. (laughs) It's been a lot, actually. It's been fun. But yeah, so that's kind of the main how it's gone. My intentions for what I'm going to do is that I'm going to kind of shift the, the what I want to try and do from the first two books to the, you know, second and third book so this coming up week I'm going to try to get through the second and third book in within the same week whether or not I'm going to be able to is you know up in the air but we'll see we'll I'll try I do intend today I guess for you guys when I post the episode to properly push through and read as much of the second book as possible ideally by the end of tonight when I'm recording this and I guess tonight when I <laughs> I post this, or, or when you guys are available, are able to listen to it, my intention is to have finished the book on Monday, started the second book Monday night into Tuesday-ish, and then try to push as hard as I can to get through the third book. Because I do need to start building up a bit of a lead, and some tactics updates, if you guys would like to know. I have over-planned and over-calculated to the nth degree in this. It's something that I tend to do when I plan stuff out is I tend to over plan them because that's just, I like to be certain of things. I like to have things kind of laid out before me. So what I did is I figured that I will set myself minimums. You know, Monday's going to be my push day where I try to get through at least, you know, five to 10 chapters of a book where as every night, regardless of if it's a rest day or not, needs to at least have one chapter read. And any day that isn't considered a rest day needs two chapters read. And I've also kind of left it into a range thing, so it could be one, two, two chapters, or two, two, three chapters, because it needs to be a little bit flexible for the bigger books as we go along, and some of the denser ones like Sphere. But that's not all. I also went through and figured out about how long it should take me to theoretically read the books. So I went and did some math... (laughs) Because I, I love to do pointless calculations for things. So I went and timed myself for how long it took me to read a full page in each type of book that I have. So, you know, for a soft cover Percy Jackson, a hard cover Percy Jackson, a Star Wars Shadows of the Empire, Sphere, and Outbound Flight. So I went through and I tested each one, reading a full page, seeing how fast I could read it. Uh, and then took that, and for the current one, so for soft cover Percy Jackson books, it takes me about a minute and a half to read a page. Then you just take the total number of pages, times it by 1.5 in this case, then you take the number that's provided, divide it by 60, and you get how many hours it should take. So it, theoretically, this book should take me about seven and a half, eight hours to read. I'm just a bit slow because things have kind of gotten in the way. But, you know, I I am making some steady progress. Uh, As for the books that will probably take me the longest are, surprisingly, the Star Wars books. And I think that that is partially down to uh, the gobbledygook. The the silly Star Wars terminology names and, uh, you know, long-winded bullshit at times that they tend to love to just... Stuff in there sometimes, like I was surprised to find that you know Michael reading the Michael Crichton book, you know that's supposed to be super sciencey and whatnot, is going to probably not be too long. So that's nice. The only issue is I can't really break that book down into chapters because it's broken into four sections that each have like further sections within, which makes it a lot harder to track your your progress at least uh, numerically. So, that's that's going to be a bit of an issue. But overall it's not too bad. Yeah, so as for the general experience of rereading Percy Jackson, it's fun. It's it's nice. I like revisiting this world and seeing just how hard they kind of beat it in and also one of my favorite things about rereading books is being able to find some mistakes, be that, you know, minor logical fallacies, or just plain old uh, errors. (laughs) For example, in The Lightning Thief, the first Percy Jackson book, uh, the main error that I was able to find that was just a plain old, oops, it was a mistake, is he uh, he gets Clarice's cabin number wrong. And for the most part, this isn't, that big of a deal because in general the cabin numbers at least in the first book mean fuck all (laughs) like you have the big three but you know of course Hades isn't there so cabins one and two are Zeus and Hera cabin three is Poseidon I believe cabin six is Athena cabin 11 is Hermes and it's supposed to be cabin five is Ares where Calaris is uh hanging out but near the end of the book, uh, he accidentally says, Cabin 7. I found that funny. <laughs> and I actually went through, I was like, that doesn't seem right. So I flipped back, all the way back to like the be- well beginning. The book starts off a bit slow. It's a lot of introduction and whatnot. But during the tour part of the book, um, it states that, cabin five is Aries. you know it's painted red as if they just taken buckets and splashed it uh, with a big stuffed boar's head over the door then later on when they meet Aries, it's you know <laughs> he's like oh you know now that I think about it I remember seeing a lot of the same expressions on the kids in cabin five okay boom so now we know locked in it's supposed to be cabin five. Then near the end, I believe when he's then confronting Ares, uh, is oh, cabin seven. <laughs> Which eh. then some logical fallacy in the first book is how did no one pick up on the fact that he was the son of Poseidon? They said that they had their suspicions, at least specifically Chiron had his suspicions, but he wasn't sure. He couldn't confirm it. Almost everything around Percy is confirmation. (laughs) From, like, the moment he arrives. Well, almost the moment he arrives. So, one, during the field trip, he makes a fountain explode on his class's bully, Nancy Boboffitt, I think her name is. And that that should have been pretty much boom tick. Now we know. It it is Poseidon. But no, the only one that that confirms it to is to Mrs. Dobbs, I believe, and that's still kind of nebulous. But she she almost certainly was like, okay, yeah, one you definitely half blood, and you definitely of probably Poseidon. Good to know. But for some reason, Chiron was. I guess, too invested in his book, though he does appear for like a second to give Percy a pen and then disappears again. Uh, Then we see at the camp before he's claimed that one, when Chiron's giving him a tour, Percy steps into cabin three and there are no consequences. Usually, I believe it's more of a thing that's, Kind of told later on in the books. You know, it's a big no-no to step into other houses, cabins, uh, at least, especially when not invited, and especially amongst the, the honorary cabins, you know, for Zeus, Poseidon, Hera, and um, Artemis. Yeah, you are. It's it's a big no-no. You you do not. You do not. <laughs> Especially for, like, Zeus and Poseidon. And he's able to go in and, you know, nothing bad happens. So that should have been hint number two. And then finally, hint number three is when Percy blows up the toilets in his, you know, conflict with Clarice. For some reason, even though the rumor spread very fast, Chiron just didn't go, ah, oh, of course, yes. Like... You you would think that you'd be able to kind of force Poseidon to claim his son by that point. Be like, come on, it's it's very obvious. Come on, claim him, chop chop. But yeah, but yeah. So that, that's the first book. It was it was a fun reread. Pretty fast though. Uh, I, I was expecting to hopefully have it done like a day or two faster. But what can you do? When you're just sitting around watching YouTube for most of a day. Whoops. <laughs> anyway, on to the second book. Uh, again, I'm only a few chapters in, uh, but there was already an error. Uh, but it's one of those common errors where it's very easy to miss if you're skimming it. Uh, it's basically an accidental Yoda speak thing. It was, was he instead of he was. I believe it was describing Matt Sloan, who's the bully of Percy's New School. And it is describing that Matt Sloan feels... He likes to think that he's bigger than he is. But of course, since it's in the past tense, it was supposed to be he was. But instead, it ended up saying he thinks that he is bigger than he... Sorry, than was he. Uh, And then, funnily enough, the next start the next start the next sentence starts with he so then it goes was he he and yeah (laughs) that's the only kind of minor error there besides the fact that the main reason that percy doesn't know that tyson is a cyclops is because he can't look tyson in the face It is stated that Percy cannot get farther than Tyson's mouth before he has to stop trying to look at Tyson's face. And that is how he has gone an entire school year without noticing that his new friend is a Cyclops. (laughs) Which I find kind of funny. But yeah, so that's where I'm at now. Is... In the book, currently I am at the part where they've just arrived at camp and, cap, and camp is under attack. It's right before the um, Percy fights the bulls. So that's fun. Uh, but yeah, again, my plan is I'm going to try to finish it hopefully by Monday night, and then I'll kick into the third book. Um, as for streams... As of recording this, I just finished a stream. uh, And it seems that maybe Sundays might be a good day to stream. Maybe. It's very hard to tell uh, right now. (laughs) Time is a mess. But I am going to try to continue doing some streams. I'm currently, the two games I'm streaming, and going to be trying to to maybe toggle back and forth between. I might push through on Mafia because I'm having a bit more fun with it are Mafia and Dark Souls. Uh, But I'm having a good time with uh, both of them, but I'm having a little bit more fun with Mafia. Its gameplay is a little bit simple, but I like simple sometimes. (laughs) Uh, Other than that, I believe that's the update. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I will see you guys next week with a further update, and whatever the next episode is going to be, I believe. It's Star Wars Jedi Battle Scars, the book. That's going to be fun. Anywho, thank you guys so much for listening. Goodbye.